Sunrift Adventures and Historic Travelers Rest South Carolina has been outfitting the foothills for over 37 years with the best boats, bikes, tents, and more. With great brands, Sunrift has you covered for every adventure. Stop into Sunrift Adventures' unique outdoor shop and say hello today. Go to sunrift.com for more information. That's sunrift.com. Nature's Edge is brought to you by the Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina, Western North Carolina's only magazine dedicated to the fishing enthusiast. Pick one up at over 400 locations throughout Western North Carolina or visit them online at theanglermagazine.com to find out more. And be sure to follow them on Facebook, Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina. Programming support for Nature's Edge comes from the Native Watercraft, locally made fishing kayaks designed for Carolina waters and beyond. Models featuring the hands-free Propel Pedal Drive system, the new Slayer 12XC, perfect for fishing the French Broad as well as a full range of kayak fishing accessories can be purchased at the Native Watercraft Factory Store at 210 Old Airport Road in Fletcher, North Carolina. Again, that is 210 Old Airport Road in Fletcher. For more details, Google Native Watercraft Factory Store. Good evening, guys. Nature's Edge is on the air. I'm your humble host, Dale Stewart. Most of you know that I'm a big believer in in learning from other cultures and having people from those cultures talk about who they are and their people and sort of where they, they see themselves fitting in today and where they came from, their history and all of that. Our guest today is is just such a person. He's not only a good friend, he's also the Info Culture Ambassador for the Eastern Band of the Cherokee. He's a member of the Warriors of Anacatua, and um, he's a full-blooded bird clan Cherokee. He's also a good educator and lecturer, and I've known him for quite a while. Sonny Ledford, welcome to Nature's Edge. Thanks, Dale. Glad to be here. Yeah, Bob. Well, we really appreciate you taking time out of your, your crazy schedule to visit with us a little bit. I'm just going to start off, Sonny. Give us a little of your background, some information about your family and and uh, and your blood. Well, I grew up most of my life here on the Koala Boundary. Uh, most people know it as the Cherokee Indian Reservation. Um, my parents, both of them, were fluent speakers of the language. That's all that was spoken in the house when I was growing up. So basically, that was my first language. But I lost some of it. After I started going to school, both my parents were in the boarding schools. Uh, there were 13 kids, and my parents were 15 in the family. Uh, I'm the youngest, uh, five brothers and seven sisters. But uh, growing up here, you know, roaming the woods and stuff, you know, I learned a lot from my parents. I, I, yeah, I know. Uh, Sonny, tell people a little bit about the boarding school. Uh, a lot of people have heard about that, but I don't think they really understand what that was all about. Well, when those boarding schools first started being built, um, you know, the way I look at things, thanks to my parents and people in my family, I kind of look at it in their eyes. Uh, boarding schools were put up all over but there's quite a few that weren't written about. A lot of people research boarding schools, and they'll find the ones that really weren't that harsh. Sure. Now, the ones my parents were in, you know, they didn't write about those, but my parents didn't really talk about them that much. And what it was for was to transform 
uh, indigenous people into someone they weren't. That means they couldn't speak their language, they couldn't do their traditional dances, sing their songs, pray in the way that they were used to praying. So boarding school was a way to try to transform, you know, if talking about the Cherokee into Europeans or English people. And you can't change a person like that. No. And they also cut their hair, didn't they, Sonny? Yes, they cut their hair. They uh, made them all dressed the same, same clothes, shoes, everything. Uh, the men had different uh, boys' dorms that were away from the young girls' dorms. And these, were, these kids were taken out of their homes by force. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a, a voluntary thing for the parents. They would go get these kids that were two, three, four years old and put them in these schools, and they couldn't speak the language. They had to learn English. Sonny, when did, when did the boarding schools, when did that all stop? Uh, I don't have an exact date on that because certain ones uh, were abolished and others were still going. So yeah. there's really no, an exact date because they were all over this country yeah. for all the schools to go to. So it's hard to say when an exact date of when all the schools were done away with. Yeah. yeah you know, it's, it's, it's sad to me in a lot of ways, but, you know, I, I, as you know, I speak all over the world and I, I run into people all the time that, first of all, they, they don't think that there's any uh, Cherokee or, or other uh, uh, Native tribes still out there. And, uh, uh, and if they are, they say, you know, well, why, why aren't they just, you know, American citizens? And I say, well... You know they are American citizens, <laughs> and it, it just it just amazing to me how some people think. That's right. I mean, uh, we weren't citizens until the year 1924. Correct. And also, uh, we weren't allowed to do any like the festivals that we just done this past weekend in Venora, Tennessee, at the Sequoia Birthplace Museum. We weren't allowed to do anything out in the open like that until after 1978. I'm aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so that's the thing. You yeah. know, people don't realize that. No, yeah. they really don't, and and that's why I think it's important, uh, Sonny, to have people like you uh, to to talk about this. Let me ask you oh, this: yeah. uh, what was what was your life like when you were a teenager? Well, what what is kind of weird about it is uh, when I started uh, elementary school. Uh, I couldn't go to kindergarten because I didn't really understand English that well. So I skipped kindergarten and started first grade. And I, I didn't look like all the other kids as far as clothes-wise. You know, my new clothes was my brother's hand-me-downs. Sure. My hair was below my waist. I wore a bandana. I didn't dress like the other guys in my classes. And I was made fun of by my own, my own people all the way up until I uh, went into high school. Interesting. And, you know, being, you know, when me and some of the guys that were in my class that spoke Cherokee, when we talked to each other, the other kids would laugh and make jokes about it. But it wasn't until I cut my hair on my own, which my mom about killed me for doing it, because it's a spiritual thing. Sure. So I could play sports. Because the North Carolina Athletic Board would not let young boys play sports if their hair was long below the shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny how even uh, even then and and even today, you know, there's there's still these little 
little things that are that are trying to get uh, uh, not just the Cherokee but but other Native American uh, tribes to to conform to what the rest of society is like. Yeah, you know, my mom and dad used to talk about you know how we look at things from here on the Koala boundary because here we live differently because we're all together here. Yeah. And when we look at society, we see robots. Yeah. And 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 society teaches you what to wear, how to act, how you should look, how you should carry yourself. All those things have been done since, since the beginning of contact. Right. So we're here, we're individuals on the Koala Bounty, all the enrolled members here. But we're also still the same because of our bloodline. Yes. We come from a, we come from a, beer, a largest tribe southeast of the Mississippi back before Europeans came to this country. So we see a lot of robots, but, you know, we live in two worlds. I know you do, yeah. We this world, and we live in our own right here on the Koala Boundary. Yeah, and I think it's important. People, there there are actually three uh, groups of Cherokee. There's the Eastern Band, which you're a member of. There's the Cherokee uh, Nation in Tahlequah, and then there's also what, the the, uh, Kadua Band? Yeah, the United Kadua Band. Yeah, and they're also out in Oklahoma, correct, in uh, Tahlequah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the area yeah. out there. And uh, yeah. you might, uh, what do you think uh, from your perspective, what do you think uh, is important for uh, other people to know about the Cherokee or about the American Indian? Well, the first thing is is that we're still here. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, you know, like we said earlier, think that, you know, Cherokees don't exist or a lot of tribes that they see don't exist. But, you know, we're when we were put on what they call reservations, you know, people think all of us were just dying out and they were less and less of us and then we just disappeared. I mean, I've come in contact with people and talked to them that were told that Cherokees don't exist anymore. Yeah. But the thing is is that us as a, as Cherokee or Gadua people is that we've held on to our past, our lifestyle. You know, knowing the medicines, knowing the dances, knowing the songs, knowing these thousands upon thousands of things that make us who we are, we still have those. Yes. And society, you know, that's why we have groups that go out and travel and educate is because we want society to realize that we are here and we are a people. We are becoming self-sustaining. That means taking care of our own and, and you know, living in those two worlds that we're still there and we're still a people. Yes, and and I think it's important also for people to know that, that actually the Kuala Boundary and the uh, the home of the Eastern Bound Cherokee is actually the, the mother home of all Cherokee, correct? Yes, yeah. that's right. Uh, the Dua is our mother town. That's where the Cherokee began as far as our belief yes. of how we came to this world. Yeah. Uh, Sonny, do you find, are the younger Cherokee, are they staying on the boundary, or, or are they migrating away to uh, to bigger towns? One thing I've noticed in my lifetime, which I was one of those, for moved away for a little bit, is that a lot of them will go, they'll go to school, they'll graduate, they'll go off to college, or they'll go into the military, they'll marry and move away. And then, you know, you kind of think, well, they're going to make a life out there in society. But after a few years passed, you know, if they went to college, got a degree in something that 
can be used here on the boundary. They move back here because they're used to all of us. Sure. And when you move away from that and you don't see people you know or your family, you know, and, you know, as us, we really don't fit into society as far as what you see. I mean, I can go outside of town 20 minutes away and I get stared at. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's the thing here. We don't get stared at because we're all the same here, you yeah. know. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the thing. It, it, and, I, and the Cherokee language seems to be, I noticed that there are, you know, more and more uh, people uh, Cherokee learning the language again. Yeah, uh, there for a while, you know, we had a lot of fluent speakers, but they're passing away now in, yeah. in a, a fast numbers. So we have our Gadua Academy, and or we call it Total Immersion, where, you know, young children are taken there, enrolled, and mem- enrolled members can take their kids there and put them into school. And all day long, this Cherokee language is spoken to them. Yeah. When it first, when it first opened... When you walked into the main door, if you were just going to be shown around the little school there, it had English stops here. So if you couldn't speak Cherokee, you could just look and listen as you went through, and they showed you the being taught English and or being taught the history and math and all this stuff in the Cherokee language. Even our regular school that we here, have here on the boundary, K-12, through enrolled kids have to take the history classes and the language classes all the way through 12th grade. Uh, yeah, and, and I must say, I've been to that school many times, and, and uh, it is one of the, I think, one of the great schools in the United States. I mean, from technology just to uh, to that campus, that's an amazing school that, that you guys have there in uh, in Cherokee. Yeah, the, the uh, architecture of it, you know, having to do with our way of life or culture yes. is... I think I had a read up on it in the paper where they said the architecture of that school was in the top five in the United States. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I believe I read yeah. the same thing and, and did yeah. that. Let me ask yeah. you, uh, Sonny, what are some of the challenges uh, faced by today's Cherokee culture and her people? Well, you know, growing up traditional way and seeing those here that don't grow up in a traditional family is that... Uh, those that aren't educated enough about who they are or the culture that they live in here yeah. is that they, they replace that with society's way of life. So that takes away the spirituality of them, the strong belief in self, inner strength, you know, the spiritual things that go along with who you are as a person. Absolutely. And when our warrior group started, the Warriors Fine Could Do was started about 20 years ago, it made a big change here on the Koala Boundary and all around the United States, is that people start seeing a group of men who were teaching who they are in a strong manner, you know, and that's what we were taught by the elders that taught us when we were being taught about different things in life. So our people are tending to, instead of just away from us, as who we are as a people. They're starting to come back and grab a hold of it like it used to be. Yeah, and, and uh, I'll tell my listeners, if you ever get an opportunity to see the Warriors, uh, go see them. I mean, they, they are amazing ambassadors 
for the culture of the Cherokee and and uh, and you guys really travel all over. You even go overseas, don't you, Sonny? Yeah, uh, actually, last year it was a historic trip to London. Yeah, uh, the Warriors had been represented in London since 1762 when uh, Lieutenant Henry Timberlake took three of our chiefs over there. Right. Uh, it's uh stalking turkey, and pigeon. That was the last representation. And then some of the guys have been to Germany, Canada. Uh, next year, we're trying to plan on making it to New Zealand. Yeah, I know that uh, Germany especially, you know, after I paddled the uh, Water Route of the Trail of Tears, I was invited to speak in Germany about the, the Trail of Tears, the Water Route. And uh, I was over there, and, and I was a little hesitant to, to speak. As you know, I, I, I believe in, in culture speaking for themselves. And uh, yeah. I asked a dear friend of, of yours and mine who has since passed away, Jerry Wolf. I yeah. said, Jerry, what do you think about me doing that? Is there any problem with that? And, and he was very gracious and said, no, Dale, you do it. You've got the audience, and, uh, and, and we know what you're going to say, so go ahead and do it. But the most amazing thing to me when I was in Germany was, this, was going to a, uh, a powwow that and seeing all these blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, Germans dressed up like Cherokee, it was. <laughs> it was. You know, it, it's kind of odd when you when you said that because not too many years ago it wasn't cool to be like that. I know. Yeah. You no, know, and now it's everywhere, and you know it kind it's kind of mind-boggling when you think about it because I remember. You know, when I was a young boy, six, seven years old, there were certain areas that we wouldn't go to. Oh, absolutely. Because we were hated on so bad. But, you know, you see all kinds of things like that now where you've got the technology to see videos from other countries of these people doing the so-called powwow thing. I used to do that. I started when I was 14. I've done it for about 27 years, almost 30 years of powwow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty amazing to me to see it, and and it was also amazing to me the knowledge that these people had about uh, you know about the Trail of Tears and about some of the uh, some of the history of the removal and all of that, and some of them even had more more information and better information than than many of the Americans that I talked to. Yeah, I mean the thing is is that you know my father when I used to go to school and history class. He would say, that's his story, not our story, yeah. his story. Right, right. Let me ask you this. Uh, what is the Cherokee tradition when it comes to nature? You know, this is a nature program, and and uh, I think I know your answer, but I, I want to ask it for my listeners. Well, as far as Cherokees go, when we were put here in this world, you know, spiritual, we were so spiritual, and it's coming back that way that everything was put here at the, at the same time and everything was equal. You know, we, we, we look at trees and plants and all these things as equal as us, yeah. you know, us being above that. You know, to, to go out into nature and live in it and to respect it, if we took something away from the earth, we always put something back it didn't have to be the same thing but we put something back we have natural medicines today that we still use we still use a lot of the things from trees and leaves and plants and natural foods we still go to gather all these things so 
we still have that respect toward those things, a lot of us, that we had before European contact. Yeah. Sonny, uh, we, we have a couple of minutes left here. I wanted to ask you, do you think the Cherokee, uh, are, are you guys still stereotyped, do you think? Do you still feel, uh, you, you mentioned earlier about when you're away from the boundary, you know, people look at you a little different and stare at you. Do you still, do you still think there's that stereotype type or that prejudice out there oh yeah it's still alive out there i mean when these movies come out or dvds are done and, and uh, supposed to be educational about just my people the cherokee you know i'll look at them i'll watch them i'll watch them on the television and they still portray us wrong oh yeah it, it, it's more back like the john wayne era you know how they portrayed it indigenous people on these movies and society doesn't know any better and they they believe what they're watching oh that's very true yeah yeah, you know what's interesting to me is is i've been in a lot of areas where you know if 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 you ask if you go in even even here in western north carolina if you talk to a group of kids and you ask them to uh, draw draw a representation of of an indian and and their house they draw what looks like a, you know, a plains Indian and a teepee. Yeah, and that's what's still out there is that they don't realize that there are so many different tribes across this country. Yeah, we're we're probably about ninety percent the same, but there's ten percent of us that's different, and that's because of the area we lived in and how we lived. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we all didn't look the same. We all didn't live in teepees. You know, Cherokees, we lived in Wadland doghouses. So yes. there's just so much thing that, so many things that society needs to be educated on. Oh, I agree. Sonny, are you still doing the bonfires? Is that still going on? Actually, we took the month of September off. We will be back in the first week of October for a couple of weeks, and then that'll end the season until next year. Yeah, and I, again, I recommend to any of my listeners that happen to be over on in the Kuala Boundary over in western North Carolina and Cherokee to go by some evening and, uh, and, and look, at the, look at the bonfire and sit around and listen to the stories that Sonny and, and other members of the Cherokee uh, talk about. And uh, you guys are always happy to answer questions, and I know some of the questions are kind of stupid because I've been there when they were asked, but you, you still... You guys do a great job of educating, Sonny. Well, a lot of the questions, we don't consider them stupid. It's just the fact that the person asking the question isn't really <laughs> that educated on us as a people. You I, understand I, I, Yeah, <laughs> I, I understand. But, you know, sitting there, sitting there as, a, as a white man, sometimes I'm embarrassed when I hear that. Sonny Lefford, yeah. <laughs> <Sonny> Lefford thanks, <laughs> thank you, my friend, for, for joining us uh-huh. on, on Nature's Edge. Uh, thanks for inviting me. This, yeah. is, this is Dale, and you have been listening to Nature's Edge. And until next time, run wild, run free, my friends. Visit naturesedgemedia.com. You can check out podcasts, videos, lecture archives from Dale, and much more. Thank you for listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, brought to you by Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.